The Mike Tamano Happening. Welcome to the Christmas Week 2021 edition of the Mike Tomano Happening. As we uh, continue to raid the vaults to wrap up the year, you know, as performers, we are the sum of our influences and our experiences. Our careers are built on the foundation of works that inspired us and touched our hearts and minds. So 2022 will mark my 30th year riding the wild airwaves on Chicago area radio. And so today we're going to look at the personalities that shaped my ideas about how I wanted to do radio and the touchstones that continue to fuel my passion. There, there are many, but two in particular, two radio personalities stand out. So I had an epiphany in 1978. I was a sixth grader at St. Jane de Chantel Elementary School, and we would hang out in the schoolyard before you know school began and play dodgeball and talk about our favorite rock bands and stuff like that. And word was spreading about this new show on WDAI, one of the Chicago rock stations. It was called Steve Dahl's Rude Awakening. It was hosted by this very strange California dude who had just arrived from Detroit, and he had this wild cast of characters that he would talk to, all voiced by him. And he'd play rock music, and he was really irreverent and bizarre. So walking to school, we'd imitate the characters we heard over breakfast or sing the weird song parodies that Dahl performed. He was unlike anything I had been exposed to. So WDAI would change format and fire Dahl in less than a year, and then he would soon team up with Gary Meyer on The Loop, which was the leading rock station, and the radio landscape would forever change, not only in Chicago, but nationwide The duo attacked sacred cows, pushed the boundaries of good taste, and they really embodied a hard rock approach to comedy that paved the way for Howard Stern and countless other radio acts across the country. Their disco demolition promotion at Comiskey Park would go down as the most infamous radio stunt in history. And from grammar school through high school, I would get up early or rush home after they moved to afternoon drive on WLS and I would tape their show to cassette on my boombox and when the show wasn't on the air live I would sit and listen to the tapes and absorb the attitude and the humor style of their programs and around the same time Robert Murphy hosted mornings at WKQX 101.1 FM which was at the time an adult contemporary kind of contemporary hit station and he had a very suave delivery but that belied his kind of naughty, mischievous nature. And his crew that he had with him was very polished. They delivered news, weather, sports, between, you know, the popular songs of the day. And he did outrageous sketch humor, lifestyle chatter, really funny foam bits. But it was a little bit more polished than Dahlemeyer. In fact, it was a lot more polished, a lot more concise and planned out than Stephen Gary. And so I appreciated both styles I was enamored with both of these uh, radio shows. And so I'm going to give you two conversations that I had with these giants of radio on this episode of the Mike Tomato Happening. We'll catch up with Murph first. The radio legend, Robert Murphy. How are you, buddy? 
What now, Mike? What now? <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you got up this early? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in my contract now that if I'm not working, I don't have to be up before like 9.30 or 10. See that? That's great. <laughs> Robert Murphy, of course, so we remember from Q101 back in the day. And uh, I used to wake up and listen and tape your show. That's probably illegal, right? You can't tape radio shows. But Who I, cares? I would, I would, I would, actually, I, I, it's, it's strange. If you go on the Internet, you'll find all sorts of people selling air checks of me and oh, yeah. hundreds of other people, uh, which I would mind, except I get not a dime. <laughs> I know. I've actually seen art, but, that, but you, there's kind of a weird thing. Like, I go to those air check things, yeah, and you'll see Murphy in the morning, Q101, you'll see Larry Lujak, Stephen Gary, and then you'll see, if you go deep enough, you'll see Tamano and Tui, and it'll say, like, WYKT 1998, and then it'll always have, like, staticky. Kind of yeah, washes I, I, in I and out. I tried to buy one of those, but God, you guys were just priced too high. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Way so, out of my league. We're very excited you're going to be on the program with us, and uh, they remember you from uh, growing up listening to you. Now, what have you been doing since uh, we have last heard from Robert Murphy in the morning on Q101? I would like to proudly say what I've been doing is absolutely nothing. Oh, and uh, I've been. I, uh, I told uh, Robert Feeder, formerly of the Sun Times, that I was trying my hand at creative loafing. And uh, am surprisingly adept at that. I've done a, <laughs> I, I do get a lot of people, I, they always ask, you know, what exactly are you doing? Uh, like I should be raising alpacas or something like that. Um, I, I, I do have an active life. I still live in Chicago. Um, I, every time I move away from Chicago, I get very homesick. Uh, my girlfriend and I do have a, a cabin up in northwestern Michigan. Uh, we spend a lot of time up there and uh, maybe a few weeks in Florida during the uh, wintertime. Uh, so we so we travel and move around a bit. Um, it's, I do a little bit of voiceover work, not very much, and uh, occasionally I volunteer to redo uh, children at school. That's very nice. See that now. See Robert Murphy was he he got into the cusp when people were making radio, uh, money in radio. So that's why he had <laughs> and, the cabin and then in the got woods. Out. Yeah. To be honest, you know, you're, certainly you're, you're aware since you're you're still applying your trade in the radio business that the radio business has indeed changed from. Uh, the days. And I, I have not been on the radio now. It's been about 70 years. You know, you did uh, some great talk radio, too. I did work uh, uh, briefly for WLS-FM. Uh, they were doing a talk format at the time. And uh, I enjoyed it because I, I, I learned a lot. It kind of uh, stretched the parameters of, of what I was doing on the radio. But it was work. You had to actually prepare. You had to work. <laughs> and, and I remember waking up and... and even during the summertime, I would record Murphy in the morning seven study. You know the way you worked the phones was fantastic. Uh, you're, you're I, I did. A, you're, you're right. I did a lot of uh, uh, phone work with the audience, not yeah. so much with celebrities or anything, but uh, audience interaction. Um, I just recently heard some of that years ago when I was first at Q101. We put out an album, like vinyl. I know. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it anywhere. Oh, strange. Once I saw a copy on uh, eBay, uh, offered by strangely enough a seller in Germany. And the current bid was zero zero. No, <laughs> no, no Deutschmarks, no Euro dollars, no dollars had anyone bid upon that. Well, I will trade you. Uh, I'll trade you something if you have any copies. You have any copies left? I think I have about nine or ten. Right. I, I recently uh, a disc jockey from England contacted me. He honestly had found a copy on on eBay. There there weren't that many because we made it uh, strictly as a sales promotion yeah. item. It was not for sale in the. Uh, in the the record stores of the day. Very funny uh, stuff. But the uh, the DJ and uh, in England, 
uh, sent me a file so I could listen to it. I have a copy. I just don't have a turntable. Ah, so okay. <laughs> it's the first time I had heard any of that stuff since I think that was like 1984 that that came out. Now you had uh, Dave McBride, who is a great SAS and a, and a great straight man, and, and of course Dave uh, McBride is is one of the most intelligent men in radio, and that unfortunately is not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't jive with radio management sometimes. <laughs> right. He's, he's still one of my very closest friends. Uh, he's currently working in Pensacola. Of Florida, yeah. And, uh, uh, I was down. I met up with him in uh, Palm Beach, where I uh, I used to, I worked briefly in Palm Beach, and uh, I kept caught up with with Dave McBride recently, and also I stay in touch with uh, Danger Dan Walker. Used to oh, be sure. uh, my, uh, my my stunt guy, I think is a word for that. Very a very humorous dude. Yeah. Now, what about Beth Kay? Beth, I, I'm unfortunately I have completely and totally lost touch with her and uh, do not know where she is. It was a talented bunch, and uh, and the the pace of the show was fantastic. And uh, let me let me just say, I saw you one time. Okay, so so here I am. I'm a young guy, and I'm listening to you know. I'm trying to get, formulate my ideas about radio and personality radio. I'm listening to Murphy in the morning, listening to all the great guys, and we're going to talk a little bit about you know the heyday of personality radio, which Chicago was the hub of. But I I was at the limelight one time. And uh, yeah, I was in the basement. I, I, might, I might have been there once. Well, twice well, in my yeah. Life. And and so here's so I already idolized Robert Murphy. Like, man, this guy's so cool. He wears a suit to, to work, you know. And I did. You're right. Yeah. And I, cause I would see on those radio expose magazines on television and stuff. And I'm with this girl Lisa, who's a babe, and a, and a couple of her friends, and we're out at the limelight. We're being hip and cool and young. And I see Murph. Murph is sitting over with this hot blonde, and she's got leather pants on. And and instead of being like you know with my friends and doing shots tequila and dancing to Kaja Gugu or whatever, <laughs> I just sat and stared at Murph for an hour and just kind of watched you work this chick. It was fantastic. Let me just say, I learned so much not only about radio but how Jeez, to work Mike, the. Mike, what babes. a wasted childhood you had. <laughs> <laughs> but you dated like all the babes in the city. Uh, I had a I, I had a great time. Uh, I'm I'm still dating the uh, most beautiful woman I ever dated, and we've actually known each other for. Uh, we met in 1986 and have been together since then with time off for bad behavior. That might have been her. <laughs> and uh, that might have been her that you were with because it was about 1989. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, just just a delightful lady. Now, let me, uh, he's been dating her since 1986. We so. move slowly, but we move at a steady pace. <laughs> <laughs> 24 years, right. That's not, not a big deal. So now what else do you do? What, what kind of hobbies does a, uh, does a Robert Murphy have? Uh, I, I would, uh, I'm into the vintage car scene. Okay. I, uh, I bought, when I was in college, an Austin Healey, uh, old British car, and have had it ever since. I've had it restored. I have a couple of uh, vintage Jaguars, and occasionally uh, uh, there, there's a show each year around here. I think it's in Des Plaines or you know, out in the, in the uh, suburbs here in Chicago. And we put the cars in and walk around looking at, at the other cars also. Um, I'm a, a, a lay musician. I've been playing the guitar since I was probably nine years old. Not that Eric Clapton shiver in his boots. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and don't don't start collecting guitars because then you really have a. a, a I'm afraid you're your too back. late on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See what happens. He was named uh, Billboard magazine's major market air personality of the year. Took first place in the New York International Radio Festival and one of the America's top five disc jockeys according to Electronic Media Magazine. And he definitely shaped my sensibilities about radio. Robert Murphy on the pro program with us. 
But that was a lot. That was a mouthful. I'm, I'm glad you brought those awards up because I lost the trophies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my moves back and forth, the moving company stole a box of my stuff, oh. stole three microphones and all my trophies. So I'd forgotten about those. Did you check eBay? <laughs> I might see them pop up from time to time. I'm guessing you still have people call you and say, come on back, Murph, let's do something. I do. I've talked to, um, not naming any names, but several stations uh, in Chicago, and it's never been the right thing. And I think uh, you and, and probably most listeners now are kind of aware the state of the industry is 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 well changed uh i had lunch yesterday with my former boss at q101 bill gamble um who is uh, uh had been recently at the uh, cbs fm here in chicago and uh he, he was telling me he was very insightful as to what's different about uh radio these days and boy it's a lot yeah, money is. <laughs> yeah, that was a big issue. He was, he was telling me his uh, his yearly budget for uh, for talent uh, at one of the radio stations, and it was you know it's a, a figure that one person could barely exist on. Right, and it was and it wasn't. And I believe me, I feel fortunate to have uh, been in Chicago. Uh, you mentioned like during the eighties when uh, uh, see Brandmeier was on the air, Lou Jack was still on the air, even Wally Phillips at WGN back then. There's some great people on the air. Fred and Winston. I think it was at that time uh, a lot of fun for the listeners. Uh, there was a lot to there was a lot offered on Chicago radio. A lot to choose from and a lot of really, really creative radio using the medium uh, to its potential. I mean when I when I was growing up, you know, it was Stephen Gary, Robert Murphy, Fred Winston, uh, and and even the rock jocks had were able to put personality inject personality into what no they more. were doing. You no know more. That you mentioned the word creative. That's mm-hmm. a that's a, uh, a, a pornographic word in yeah. radio these days. Don't say that. They don't want it. And and for the most part, they're uh, they're tied to the uh, the new people meter rating systems and yeah. all that. And one thing they just don't want us to take any chances with the uh, disc jockey talking. It's sad, really. Can yeah, I'm, I'm aware that you've got you've got a personality show still going. You're, you're lucky just to have that. There's so few in Chicago. Chicago, uh, but I, I might add, uh, when you take a show like uh, Eric and Kathy on the mix, uh, one of the few personality shows, but one of the highest rated. Yeah, morning. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's been the that's been the the argument forever. They're just afraid to let someone go, but when they do, it usually works if the person's, you know... Yeah, it's it halfway talent. talented, it does. Yeah. Well, in, but, in, but, in, but in the meantime, I'm practicing to become a new-style disc jockey. You want to hear my... see if I do well? Okay, here's his audition, yes. Playing your favorites from the 80s, 90s, and today, and listen all day in the office. How's that? And you just yeah. keep saying that over and over. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then repeat as necessary. Yeah, right. Well, management versus uh, talent hasn't just existed in the radio, but it's really come to the forefront in that. Well, medium. obviously, I mean, I remember when, and when I was at Q101, I was hauled in every morning at 9 or 10 o'clock for a meeting with a program director about something I've done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, but you generally just kind of smiled and said, oops, sorry, and then you did it again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate this. It's a profound impact on me, and uh, and you really uh, helped shape my future, and here I am in Kankakee, so thank you. <laughs> well, so your plan is working. <laughs> the plan is working perfectly, and uh, Robert, promise to come back on again? Yeah, my plan is to go back to bed now. Robert Murphy, the legendary Murph in the morning. And here's a phone chat I had with Steve Dahl, who changed the landscape of American radio and whose show was an obsession for me 
uh, as a teenager dreaming of being on the radio someday. So I was in the seventh grade when I first heard Steve Dahl on WDAI, and then I had the model for my career. And without a doubt, Steve created contemporary talk radio in America, Chicago institution, and we're glad to have him. How are hey, you, Steve let's, Dahl? Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like you summed everything up perfectly there. I did. You know, when I was in high school, I came down to the Stone Container Building to try to watch you do your show. I took. I, I actually mm-hmm. ditched school, and uh, your brother got me an autograph uh, picture. I, I didn't get to watch the show, though. Really? Yeah, he was there, and he walked inside and said, I'll get you an autograph. Wow. That's and, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and then I like hung out afterwards, and your your BMW, I think it was, you left the lights on, so you were you it's possible had a little bit of a tirade. How are you, Steve Dahl? It's possible, I could have been, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I, I used to come to work via Lower Wacker. Yeah, so this was back uh, before uh, they had the automated uh, headlights, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you put them on, and the, it was green down there too, wasn't it? Uh, the lights were green, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but a, a Steve Dahl, perhaps not paying full attention to what he's doing, <laughs> uh, quite possibly could have left the lights on in his, his car. Could have happened. You know, you've innovated so much, not only in the content that you've put on radio, mm-hmm. but you take so many chances with uh, the medium itself, and now podcasting really suits you, doesn't it? Uh, I'm liking it a lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do not miss being on the radio. At all, I don't. Now you guys are in Kankakee, right? Would that be the market? Yeah. Uh, that that whole new way of measuring a radio audience it, it does not favor uh, talk radio, and uh, at least uh, not my kind of talk radio. Sports talk, yes. And it does favor a lot of music playing, and um, and radio now is is owned by like you know most stations like in Chicago are owned by two or three gigantic broadcast companies mm-hmm. and they're just cutting and cutting and they don't care about content anymore or the listener they just care about making money so so this uh doing a podcast from my basement uh via subscription um you know with no commercials gives the it gives me a chance to connect with the listener to cut out all you know 25 30 minutes worth of crap you know commercials and, and promos and whatnot Give people exactly what they want, uncensored, unfiltered. The only the only people that I'm accountable to are the fans. Right. And it's uh, it's really the first time ever that's been the case for me, and um, I've never enjoyed myself more. So that's great, and, and it's evident. I don't, radio's dead. I don't I don't want to tell you that <laughs> you're on radio and everything, but <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually think suburban radio think is suburban- not going to be dead. I think. Suburban radio uh, will uh, is really going to start to come into its own because it it's, you actually service a, a community and you and you can effectively service a community you know right. with with, with uh, information that they need. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly that uh, the the big markets have pretty much researched themselves out of any connection to their own communities, whereas live and local. Smaller stations, suburban stations, medium markets—we're uh, actually thriving now. You yeah, know? you're like Groupon. You're, we're you're like, like gr- the Groupon of radio. <laughs> we are. You're targeted to a specific, you know, small, smaller, but uh, uh, you know, very efficiently targeted to a, a smaller group of people. And you, I bet you get really good results for your advertisers that way. We absolutely do, and uh, it's great to have you on because, uh, like I said, I started 
figuring out what I wanted to do with my life listening to you. And not only... That was a mistake. That was a mistake, right? I'm in radio. But uh, my mother used to work at the Palmer House, and she used to see you all the time at Trader Vic's. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and we, as a family, we kind of listened every day, and you became part of your listeners' lives. We, we For people who have heard the birth of your children, you know, especially the, the birth of your first son, Patrick, right. on the air, basically, now we congratulate you on the birth of your grandson. And it's just, you know, who else has done that in radio? And, and I imagine there's some great stories for Grandpa to tell. Yeah, um, so far so good. He, you know, he, uh, he he's not talking or anything yet, but he does seem to like me. So that's we're off to a good start, and that's I certainly good. like him. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, no, I appreciate that. I I appreciate um, uh, people uh, such as yourself and, and your family. You know, allowing me to be a part of your life for for the you know low as Bill Curtis would say, low these many years because <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, it's what I do, and uh, you know, I it's it makes me feel important and special, and it's gratifying to know that uh, you know that people uh, feel that way about me. And I think that it's hard for you to be. Give, uh, come here, give me a big hug, man. Oh yeah, that's coming. Uh, you know, you you have turned uh, the industry into what it is today, or, or what it was, and it, like you said, it's going away. But it's actually reverted to what it was when I got into it. Yeah, and it it took me, you know five years, ten years, or whatever, of ignoring program directors and talking when they told me to shut up and mm-hmm. and doing the things that I I knew people wanted to hear, to, you know, to get to the, to the point where, you know, we got to, you know, talk radio to, you know, contemporary talk radio, FM talk radio, or whatever you want to call it. But you've never been a, you've never been a nostalgic guy. It doesn't but, it's, but it's now reverted back to, it's just all very robotic, yeah. and, and it's, uh, it's a shame. And I, and I and I, uh, you know, I, I don't have the, well, I don't, I don't, again, with the, with the, the way that they now take ratings, um, the, the technology is going to prevent anybody from breaking out and, be, and, and, and being the next big thing or coming up with the, the next big new concept for radio. The, the next big new concept for radio is podcasting. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, anytime you hear about anybody, that's funny and interesting and entertaining and and and, and you know people are, are are talking about that person um it's uh you know and they're spreading the word and saying hey you gotta check this out it's really it's fun to listen to it's it's a podcast you don't hear anybody talking about some great new person on the radio mm-hmm. it's all podcasts so. we kind of look back at when the advent of cable television that's where they really when it first started you know being subscription television that's where the really interesting uncensored uh, adventurous stuff was and i think radio though behind that curve is now is now catching up to where that was yeah, yeah. and you know i charge a subscription fee for my podcast mm-hmm. um but we don't have 20 minutes of commercials every hour and uh i i think ultimately Every anybody who uh, is 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 good at podcasting and uh, provides good content and has a good audience is going to end up having to charge because the podcast model doesn't really support advertising. People don't want to listen to twenty minutes of advertising during an hour podcast. Right. So uh, I think we're going to see more and more podcasters, successful podcasters, switching over to the subscription model. And as, as you said, it's like uh, with cable. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody, you, you get the Sopranos, and uh, 
you know you get a you get a quality show there and uh that's because uh, yeah, they're free to do what they want because people are paying for it. So. Uh, yeah, and you're putting yourself out there, innovating it to where you're you're training people to actually get quality programming via a podcast. Yeah, listening to you over the years, uh, you know you've you've definitely been able to make a lot of inroads to corporations. And when you when you came to your end of the term of your contract with CBS, mm-hmm. a lot of people thought you'd show up at you know a radio station in Chicago. Was there a lot of people uh, talking with you, or did you just uh, dismiss that? Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm focused on, on, uh, on making this podcast successful, so I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really talk to anybody. Yeah, no, I, I'm re- I don't really feel that there's any place that I really want to be right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, very happy doing this. Yeah, I mean, you can get to uh, Steve Dahl's podcast at Dahl.com. You can subscribe for the podcast and also uh, look at everything that is Steve Dahl. You can also get, you know what's great? Mm. You can, well, you know this, you can order the DVDs of your television work, which, man, just, you talk about inspiration. I don't mean to be fawning. I'm like the Chris Farley character, remember? remember? <laughs> but, but uh, right. man, I remember staying up, and this is before videotapes check this out a panasonic handheld tape recorder on cassette i had to tape the audio of not for midgets only how strange is that wow i don't have that tape anymore that's illegal it is illegal you could probably get your uh well if you were going to buy a dvd uh from the store at doll.com i would buy a new year stephen gary which was a yeah, a debauchery-filled New Year's Eve party at my house, and I'm still in trouble for it with my wife. I bet Ed and Till's haircut. That was in haircut. 1995, I think. Yeah, I remember Ed Till's haircut, and that was fantastic. Yeah, there's there a lot of a lot of bad things were happening that night, but entertaining <laughs> on television live. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, how amazing is that? I mean, uh, you can listen to the the podcast at doll.com. Um, you know, there's a player that's embedded in the website. We have apps for iPhones and Android phones, and you can just listen on iTunes too, Excellent. the regular old-fashioned way. Once you subscribe and get a, a you know a user ID and a password, so well, perfect. It's pretty easy to listen to. Um, everybody seems to like it because it's portable. They can turn it on and turn it off when they when they want to, and they don't miss anything. And uh, again, and nothing against you guys, uh, and you know your commercial radio station but the no commercials is is uh, you know is is nice for people and uh, there are have been some people who say why would i want to pay you know i've been getting you for free for 30 years why would i want to pay hey what's 20 minutes of your time worth i think a show uh, b- based on our current the subscription price uh, it's less than 50 cents a show and most shows are 90 minutes to two hours so it all shut up out. Yeah, shut up yeah. and subscribe to uh, doll.com, the podcast. Steve, it's, it's great to have you on. Hey, I need to ask you, are you friends with Mark Volman? I know this is from left field. From Flo and Eddie? Yes. I have met him a couple of times. Okay. I, I wouldn't say that we're friends, really. Okay, because he told me you were his best friend, but I think he may say that about everybody. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I met him, and we certainly get along. Yeah. I, I haven't spoken to him in 15 years maybe so okay if i'm his best friend that's <laughs> that's sad 
<laughs> you might want to try harder to have some other friends. That's a what? long time to go between chats with your with your BFF. Yeah, yeah. I would hope it. Howard Kalen is is his best friend, but you know, I don't know about that. But I, he was on re- recently. We were discussing your innovations and in, in how you changed the face of not only radio but also media in general. People became looser and became more themselves when they were looking at what that doll guy in the Hawaiian shirt was doing in Chicago. You you saw it if you if you look at the the evolution of media even in television you know the, the late night talk shows people became a little bit more looser with uh, with your influence. Oh well, thanks. I appreciate that. I mm-hmm. mean, I I'm not sure I deserve that credit, but I'll take it. Well, I'll thank give you. it to you anyway. And, no, uh, thank and, you. And, and you're welcome. And 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 tell my good friend Mark Volman, thank you too. <laughs> well, next time I talk to him, I will. What's next for you outside uh, with the podcast? Are you going to do some more music with the band? Are you going to you going to you still writing music? Uh, yeah, you know, I still write a song here and there. Um, I really this uh, po- the setting up the uh, the technical aspects of the podcast yeah. and uh, just uh, trying to figure out. Uh, the logistics of promoting it and whatnot uh, is really a full-time job right now. So I'm just my goal right now is just to make this thing a success. Amen. And be able to support myself and and my uh, yeah, my family off of it. So well, excellent. Well, that's my that's my goal. Again, you're uh, paving the way for well, future for broadcasters help. or I podcasters. Pre- thanks for turning people onto it. I appreciate that. Always, Steve Dahl with us. Thanks, Mike. Good job, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Call, you know, whenever you want to call and talk, I'm happy to do it. So. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Be well. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Our visit with a couple of guys that shaped my life. Well, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and thank you for listening. We'll see you on uh, the next episode, which will be our half year in review next week on the Mike Tomato Happening. The Mike Tomato Happening.